Welcome to the Hidden Healing Podcast. Thank you for stopping by to take a listen. I have a few questions for you. Did you grow up with a lot of adverse childhood experiences? Do you live in the toxic stress of fight or flight, feeling constantly triggered by things that make you feel unsafe? Well, you're in the right place. Listen in as I share stories and lessons from my journey in healing from complex PTSD. Listening to this podcast will help you learn to retrain your nervous system so that you feel safe and experience fewer triggers and learn how overfunctioning no longer serves you and how the key to healing lies in your identity and your somatic recovery. I hope you enjoy this episode. Today, I want to talk about something that I've been learning about lately, and that's the vagus nerve. So, what is the vagus nerve? How does it relate to complex PTSD? Why is it so important? And how do we affect it or change it for the better? These are all questions that I want to talk about today. I have a feeling, though, with the subject of the vagus nerve and how much information and how deep the information went, that we may end up with a maybe two or three part series on the vagus nerve. Not that they'd all be in a row, but definitely that there's a lot of information. And I think that this is something that's really important, actually, to everybody. So let's get started talking about this. So if you feel permanently caught in the fight or flight reaction, completely stressed out all the time and unable to focus, then you probably need to get a little more familiar with the number 10 cranial nerve, the longest nerve in the body, which is the vagus nerve. I definitely don't want to give the feeling of a science lesson, but the extent that this vagus nerve affects our body and the research that's been done about it Um, especially recently being drawn out to the attention in all different health sectors and types of different health businesses, I think it's pretty important. So kind of bear with me as we do talk about a few of the facts, but also we're going to get down to how it relates to real life. So this 10th cranial nerve um, actually provides communication pathways between the brain and our vital organs including our heart, our lungs, our esophagus, our stomach, our intestines, our liver, our kidneys, and spleen. And so it's kind of a very integral part of the control center of what goes on, the communication between our our brain and our body. And so it's kind of, you might have heard some information about this when people are talking about the second brain, which is our stomach. Um... And so there's a lot of connections in this that I have heard about lately and have been learning. So I definitely wanted to research this and find out more about it. I definitely enjoy science, but I'm not really especially skilled at science. (laughs) Um, I like the concepts of it, but I don't necessarily like the gritty details of it. So what I want to tell you is if you go Google the vagus nerve and look at images of it in our body, you're going to see what a grand group of nerves. Well, there's two, there's two, the, the left and right side, but I mean, it just looks like a big spider web going all over to the different parts of our organs and um, to Obviously, um, our big organs like our lungs, our heart, 
our spleen, our gut, um, and it, it goes down and around into a lot of different areas. And so I guess what I can say about it, my my impression of it is that if you look at a picture of the vagus nerve going throughout our body, you'll understand why it plays such a key role in a lot of what our body does and how healthy we are. So I find it kind of exciting um, because it's something that I can affect in my body. And so, of course, I want to figure out how do I affect this? I've heard so much about toning our vagal nerve and um, different things like that, which caused me to wonder, like, can we really do that? So that's what I really wanted to find out. But before we figure out how we can affect it, let's talk about the two main parts. So this is the first part is the sympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for the fight or flight response. Think of all the physical reactions that our body has when we go into fight or flight. Our heart rate goes up. Our blood pressure goes up. Our breathing um, pace speeds up. Our pupils dilate. We get more blood flow to our muscles so that we can either run or fight. So that's one part. And then the second part is our parasympathetic nervous system, which is primarily responsible for digestion, rest, and social connection. Um, in fact, most of the vagus, most of the parasympathetic part of our nervous system is in the vagus nerve. And when I say most, that the number that I saw was about 75%. So in an ideal world, there would be a balance between these two. But because of life, because of the life that we live, because of work stress, our family stress, social needs, the news, the political conflicts we see on there, or um, the conditions that we see around us, there is a problem where our parasympathetic nervous system thinks that we're in constant danger. And so it gets stuck in a continuous state of activation. And so we start to feel the physical symptoms and stress. Now, if you compare this to what we've talked about before, Many of us get stuck in fight or flight. Um, For all of us here who are learning about complex PTSD and the effects that adverse childhood experiences had on us as children, we know this already from a non-scientific point of view. We know that our body gets stuck in fight or flight. And so we're constantly looking for danger around us. Our body is constantly having all the stress hormones and we're constantly constantly being triggered. Um, unless of course we're in the process as many of us are here of learning how to react differently, learning how to heal our, um, trauma, process it and gaining new habits of, you know, more successful habits towards being able to deal with life around us and get our bodies out of that constant fight or flight. So this information kind of goes hand in hand with that in my mind. Something that I, I guess, find really interesting and one of the reasons why it kind of piqued my interest was because when I got type 2 diabetes, there was actually a specific event that caused me to find out. And what had happened was my son was just, he had just turned 21. Um, and so he was, you know, excited about experimenting with different um, alcohol 
mixed drinks and he had brought one into the bedroom um, where I was doing something I don't even remember. And he said, hey, taste this. And I said, no, I don't feel good. I don't feel good at all. I'll, I don't want to get sick. And he was like, no, please, mom, you got to taste this. It's so good. And so I tasted the drink, which was like very, very high in sugar. And um, it threw me whatever I was feeling at that moment, which I now know was diabetes, um, threw me over the edge so much so that I got sick and I started throwing up and I was just so sick. I didn't even realize that I had it. I had been so constipated that everything stopped moving. And so this is the interesting part to me. It took me several days to figure out that I had diabetes. Actually, I had it for quite a while. My A1C was 12.6, which if you know about type 2 diabetes or diabetes in general, you know, that is like way high. <laughs> um, I think I want to say like 5.9 or just below 6 is not having diabetes and 6 to 7 is pre-diabetes and 7 and up is diabetes. So 12 was like through the crazy roof. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. But um, I didn't realize how involved the vagus nerve was in everything that was going on in my body, but I was constipated and I, I could feel that the peristalsis in my body, um, was completely stopped. I could feel that. And I don't know how I could feel that or how I knew, but I tried to explain it to the doctor and I told them, and I know they thought I was crazy, but, um, but I could feel that. And so then when I found out that I had the, 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 I had the diabetes and my blood sugar at that point was in the 400s or something. And uh, I was really sick. So I just thought it was interesting because the vagus nerve is responsible for so many functions. And so whether it's because of, you know, the diabetes and the constipation and the the digestion not working right because of the diabetes, the vagus nerve is in control of all of that. And so um, some of the other things I mentioned in the beginning, but also our gag reflex, um, controlling sweating, um, the vascular, maintaining our vascular tone inside of our body. So all of those things are other things that that is affected by the vagus nerve or that the vagus nerve controls. Um, so something else I heard on one of the... Um, videos I was watching about the vagus nerve is that our throat actually, uh, the vagus nerve runs through the throat and it's protected by, I guess, like a, a, almost like think of like a plastic tube that has wires going through it. That's totally what it reminded me of what he was talking about it. So, um, which is why that it, it affects our throat. It affects, um, our ability to swallow our voice actually, like when we get a really hoarse voice or, um, I don't know, the whole scratchy throat kind of thing. It, yeah, I just thought it was so interesting. And one of the things about podcasting is that I have um, had a really hard time with speaking. And it's probably been in the last five years where I feel like I don't speak clearly. I feel like my voice has gotten deeper and is like, it's just, oh, so many things, so many things about this research that I was like, oh my goodness, I really need to tone my vagal nerve. Now, I didn't know what toning my vagal nerve meant, but it is actually really important. Um, the vagal tone is, I guess, 
kind of a term that we use to talk about where your um, body lays? Is it like more in the fight or flight in the um, sympathetic or is it more in the parasympathetic, which is the um, digest and rest? Rest and digest. I can't remember which way, which order it goes. Um, and so there's supposed to be a balance. And when we tone our vagus nerve, we bring back balance to that system. So there's a lot of things that we can do. There's so much more about the vagal nerve that, that I want to talk about or the vagus nerve that I'd like to talk about. But my understanding of this is going to be on levels because there's so much information on this. Today, I listened to a podcast on this. It was on one of the um, authorities on the vagal nerve studies that are being done and have been done. And it was so dry. And I was doing it while I was mopping a floor. It's a um, a job. One of the jobs that I do just on Sundays only is cleaning a uh, building. And so I do a lot of mopping in this building and I rely on podcasts to really get me going. But it was so like slow and monotonous. And after about 20 minutes, I was like, well, I really got to get done before this podcast is going to be over. So I put on something else and started working because it's that kind of scientific talking and thinking. And it's it's hard to bring like a lot of, I guess, life and joy into this, um, at least into the scientific part of it in my mind. So it'll be interesting to see how I do that. Maybe I won't. Maybe it'll just be more about how it affects us, what we can do about it. But there are ways to identify um, poor vagal tone. Um, and so that's something that, that we want to talk about. Um, Apparently, something that is that I've never even realized, and you see it a lot in doctors' shows, and I've known a few people who um, have this. The when they faint, they call it. Um, I think there's a name for it. Um, syncope, maybe. And so I think that's the word. That's I took. I took anatomy and physiology at one point. And I wanted to be an RN, um, but this actually is uh, something that can be related, related to a poor, poorly toned um, vagal nerve or nerves. And I, I kind of get confused when I say nerve and nerve because there's actually two sides. Um, and so it does get confusing. But I think we just, as um, in the medical field, they call it the vagal nerve, even though there's two sides of it. So I don't know. I'm going to say vagal nerve because that's what I see it mostly referred to as. Um, another thing is abdominal muscle tone. So the really soft, loose skin um, or too hard and tight, um, things like that. There's cardio cardiovascular am abnormalities, um, low, too low of a heart rate or too high of a heart rate, blood pressure, things like that. Um, chronic inflammation. And if you think about like autoimmune is inflammation. If you think about um, other types of inflammation, most of the pain that we have in our body comes from, in, comes from inflammation. So those are some things. Um, if you're, you don't have any gag reflex or it's not very good, I've mentioned the hoarse voice, difficulty swallowing, aspirating, which is another big problem I've had recently, having to really slow down and chew my food and only, you know, eat when I can slow down. Otherwise, I go down the wrong pipe and start coughing. Tinnitus, dizziness, grinding your teeth, 
impaired social communication, acid reflux, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, food sensitivities, irritable bowel syndrome, um, all of these things, anything to do with the digestion period, um, even like weight loss or lack of appetite, anxiety, depression, all of these things. So you can see when we're talking about complex PTSD, how many of these things really come into play, how much of this has to do with how much of the symptoms of the vagal nerve um, have to do with complex PTSD symptoms. So I, I just think that's really interesting. I'm definitely willing to take a look at things that can make me feel better. Um, so you have to look at your situation and see where you are and decide if it's something that you'd like to work on. And is everything in what I recommend, like think about journaling, I recommend journaling. It's not something I do every single day. I probably do it every week. I definitely do it several times a month. Same with meditation, um, going outdoors for a walk when the weather's nice, all the things that ground us and make us calm. Um, those are all things that I don't do every single day, but every single day I do something that grounds me, that um, really connects me to myself. Um, and so think of toning your vagal nerve as something like that, things that we're going to do. And maybe it's not every single day, or maybe we do commit to every single day doing something specific for a certain number of days. But this is just adding more things to your tool bag so that we can gain health, so we can retrain our nervous system, and so that we have all the tools that we need to become healthy people. So there are some supplements, and I don't talk a lot about supplements on this podcast. Um, I never want to suggest people take anything that um, may, because I don't know what you, what you take as far as medicine or other supplements go. So, and I'm not a doctor, so I, I won't be um, giving any information about nutritional supplements, but there are things to support your vagus nerve health. So if you do see yourself as having an issue with this, Maybe go and do some research on your own and always be sure to talk to your doctor about it and see if it would be okay if you took that. Okay, so this is kind of fun because I think that I told you about the throat and I told you about that on purpose because some of the things that really um, tone your vagal nerve have to do with the throat. So gargling and um, the doctor I was listening to about um, who suggested gargling, he said, you want to like gargle really hard till your eyes water. I'm like, I, I don't know if I've ever gargled so hard that my eyes watered, <laughs> but I'm definitely interested in trying it now. Um, he, uh, other things are the laughing, the singing, the humming. So I don't know if any of you have ever done, um, I call it, or I don't call it, but the people who taught me the voo, where you literally um, make the sound voo and you continue with the long oo. Anyways, it causes a vibration in your throat. And so sometimes when I'm taking calls on my day job, I find myself doing the voo in between. And it was just something that started happening that I needed to um, calm my nervous system between calls. And I just started noticing that I was doing that. So I thought that was really interesting. The ohm. 
um, when you hum that, which some people have hummed that during meditation, that also creates the same vibration and can help with toning your vagal muscle. Playing a musical instrument stimulates the ventral vagal nerve. Um, it causes a state of connectedness and um, creates extreme peace. And so it really brings you into the flow state, which affects the vagal nerve positively. Um, cold water exposure. Uh, a lot of people is are um, doing polar plunges. I know that it's been around for a long time, but it seems like recently a lot of celebrities are getting involved in like uh, some kind of weekly routine or daily routine of the cold ice water. Um, I've heard of people doing like dunking their face in ice water or just putting the cold water on their face. Um, there's something called the vagal push, which um, you can lay on your back. You tense your, your stomach muscles and you kind of bear down and then you hold your breath while you're doing it for around 20 seconds and you repeat it for two minutes and that actually positively affects your vagal nerve. You really need to be careful when you're doing anything with the breath because although it's usually not, I've never heard it to be dangerous, but you can faint or if you're holding your breath too long, <clears throat> your body can react. Also, anytime you're doing a breathing meditation, if you do have a response, likely it is an emotional response. So keep that in mind too. But you always want to just really be careful. Um, we've talked about the meditation and journaling shows that it can have a benefit of balancing your your vagal nerve. So these are all good things to keep in mind. These are all things that we talk about on here, journaling, exercising, meditation. So let's see, what what is new? Maybe the vagal push, try to lay down and try that a few times. Um, the voo or the gargling with your throat, the singing really loud those kinds of things. So they're just more things that bring your body back into balance. I really have so much more research to do on this, but there's so much information. And usually what ends up happening is that I find a subject that I want to really learn about and I learn about it. And then when I go to do the podcast, I have too much information. And I was talking to a friend and I said, you know, I don't think I'm ready to do an episode on the vagal nerve. And she says, a lot of people don't even know about the vagal nerve. So you should definitely start small and explain it to them. And so that's what I'm doing. Um, I've wanted to do that because a lot of times when I come up with a subject, I have so much information and I cannot get it in one episode, but there's important stuff I really want to share and that is good for myself as well to remember. So then I end up doing a second episode on it. So that's why I was thinking that this would be, uh, you know, maybe two or three part episode about our vagal nerve. There's so much information about it. So if you wanted to research as well, you could do that. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's our episode today. It's interesting to see how the vagal muscle is involved in all the things we already talk about. So it's interesting to take the aspect of health and rebalancing ourselves and healing ourselves to say, how, how does this add to the story? How does this add to the dialogue about healing and about CPTSD and all of the things like that? So we'll be talking about this more. 
In the meantime, thank you for coming back and listening. You notice that I, like I mentioned, might just do every two weeks. And I think I'm going to keep that going for a little while. My job has gotten easier. Um, so I do have a little bit more space, but, um, I think I'm seven or eight weeks in. And so like for almost two months now, my life has been put on pause except for, you know, learning all the tech and learning all the information that I use to help customers. And so I have a lot to catch up on in life. (laughs) So I do appreciate you coming back and listening and being here through it all. My life is sometimes feels really messy. Um, but I'm so grateful that I am working towards healing and this new job has really given me the opportunity to grow in a lot of different ways. Um, also to recognize my growth. If I would have gone back to home healthcare, um, I would be working midnights, which by the way, I just read that they are studying it and I can't remember in what country it is somewhere they really value health. Um, they are talking about putting working midnight shifts on the list of as a carcinogen, which means cancer causing. Um, The people who work on the midnight shift at a higher risk of getting cancer, and apparently it's so high that they're considering labeling midnight work as a carcinogen. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And if I had gone back to home health care, I would be working midnights and yeah, I think by the time you're 49, that's that's really tough. Uh, the same um, episode that I was listening to, I can't remember if it was on YouTube or podcast, also said that um, literally like five years of midnight work is probably all that one should do and then should try to go to working days. So that came up for me because I wanted to recommend to my husband to try to get on a straight shift, um, for days or something like that. But I, you know how hard it is to change jobs. And so he would have to, he could be with the same company, but at least transfer to a different location. And I know that would be really stressful. So, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll think about it a little more. I feel like this episode is a little bit not my normal style and a little bit odd. You guys are probably used to me by now. So you probably don't think as, uh, as much about it as I do, (laughs) but I hope it comes across intelligent and well, let me know what you think. Um, you can always get me on Facebook messenger or Instagram, um, either Celeste Phillips, Celestina Phillips, I guess on Facebook and Instagram, um, either the hidden healing podcast or clear concepts with Celeste and let me know what you think. All right. Have a great rest of your week. Um, and I will see you again in two weeks.